1: Music Podcast. I'm Lucas. And I'm Grant. And if you're joining us for the first time on this last episode of the year, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're joining us on this journey to discover new, or at least new to us, good music and exciting music to listen to. If you like what you hear, be sure to leave a like, subscribe, leave a review if you are so daring. And if you want to get in on the conversation and suggest maybe an artist you want us to review. Go to Instagram or Facebook at Good Music Podcast. There's plenty of other good music lovers there as well. If you want the exclusive and special content and the early access to the content before anyone else gets it, down in the description there's a link to a Patreon page. That is our Patreon page. For just a few bucks a month, you get early access to episodes and the exclusive Bad Music Podcast, which we are actually recording our final tournament tonight and to celebrate this wonderful festivities of the end of the year we have back with us ethan scott
0: Hello, ethan.
2: it's gonna be back oh yeah i'm excited for the end of the year wrap up yeah Get man it just doesn't it just
0: it? feel like we did the
2: kind of I remember. Maybe. I remember last year's list actually. Oh as yeah. I was, I was as I was coming through. I remember. Oh, I don't, well, I guess I don't remember it that well. Remember the French song? Yeah, yeah.
0: the people. What oh, people man. have been said?
2: Yeah. So I'm excited because like this good. is this is kind of uh, a little bit more poppy. A little yeah. Bit more poppy. Well, hmm?
1: I don't Hold know up. about that Not much.
2: <laughs>
1: I
0: don't know. Last I- time. Yeah, last I, I would say was... last, I would say last, uh, last was a bit more mainstream leaning than this one. Mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of decided to go back and just and and do this year, mm-hmm. but I kind of like I had this pressure on me. I was just like, I got to include stuff that was you know super mainstream and popular, and it's just like, no, I don't
2: have to. Whatever. Yeah, you're like, wait a second, this is my show. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well,
2: I, I eventually was just like, screw it, I'm
0: going to put the songs that I liked. And again, I did things that would maybe be a little uh, unpredictable, but yeah. I didn't pick them for the sake of just these were big songs. I picked them because I liked them.
2: So there you go. End of the year, though. Yeah, what a
0: what a fun year. This this time for reflection, it is. Um, so, we started off this year with a pretty big uh, boost when we uh, when we had our Coldplay episode get recommended to a large amount of people mm-hmm. on the planet. Yeah, and we had a we had a pretty explosive first third of the of the year, and then we we kind of had a. Uh, a drop middle of the year but mm-hmm. i'm i'm happy to say that we have uh almost uh yeah at the, at back the to the boy. Boy. Yeah. Our, uh, our queen episode a couple of weeks ago um got like 375 first week which is really good i'm pretty happy about that so um it's you know our our
1: third Queen episode
0: yeah our third one so people <laughs> apparently are okay with us continuing
2: to talk about Queen
1: <laughs> yeah somehow
2: yeah I mean I it should... <laughs> yeah. could be a whole podcast just about Queen but, and Lucas could still write content for it every week I, yep.
1: I don't know how I was surprised that it was Queen Volume 3 I honest to goodness expected like Coldplay Volume 3 because that was our first Volume 2, and the first Coldplay is our biggest
0: episode. Remember, our Pink Floyd was our first Volume 2. Oh, it was! I forgot about that. The Coldplay was the first one that was on the schedule that we determined. Like, we did right. Pink Floyd Volume 2, and then we didn't do another Volume 2 for, like, a couple more months.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Oh, yeah, because we had, like, the the
0: Echoes. Mhm. Yeah, ooh, that was a cool the animals, which was that was a really fun episode. That was um, last year, though. So yeah, we uh, we talked about forty different artists this year. That's which a lot. Is, well, yeah, twelve of them were returns. So I guess we would say that that was uh, twenty-eight brand new people to talk about this year.
2: Dang. Uh,
0: wow. So because anchor and they're owned by Spotify, I was able to get a, a – uh, for the podcast.
2: Whoa. Okay.
0: Because they didn't get one of those last year because that was a – I think it happened this year that, mm-hmm. that Spotify grabbed them up. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, this takeaway that I took from it that apparently at the beginning of this year for – three hours we were on the uk top 50 podcast
2: what nice <laughs> so, all right pretty
1: that's kind of cool i don't wow. know if
0: anyone from that uh from that surge is still listening to us but thank you our our neighbors from across the pond mm-hmm. um, thank you thank you guys so much for and this is a big thank you to everybody uh, thank you for making this our best year yet, our best year yet, our most fun year yet, definitely our most involved year yet. The yeah. fact that this year we started uh doing a episode that you so and that we can't do that without you guys reaching out to us and letting us know what you think and what artists you want us to do. So thank you guys so much. We, uh we definitely could not have done everything we did this year without you. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was looking back through our numbers, and what do you guys think was our biggest episode of the year? Or one?
1: Uh, I have to. I have to go back and look at like what episodes we did.
2: Like I honestly don't. You know, uh, like, it's. Oh, it's I feel like. <laughs> like just of this year, what what episode of this year has the most plays right now? Yeah. i'm looking yeah
1: i well if you wanted to like place a bet you could say it's something involving genesis because we had three of those right (laughs) so i mean there is that yeah is is it really no Oh, okay
0: saying uh uh-huh yeah
2: I did, I didn't think it, I didn't think it would be. Uh, I, I I'm looking at the Rolling Stones. That's kind of getting my my brain. I right. am thinking
0: Hall That one's Oates. one
2: of the biggest. I'm looking at Metallica,
1: Dire Dire Straits maybe not, maybe not Dire Straits. Maybe mm-hmm. Dire Straits.
2: Dire Straits. Dire Straits was pretty good. Those lost
1: cups
0: the year. I bet it's Kiss. Dell. It was Adele. Oh, that this year. Adele. We're Adele, this year. Adele by itself got over two thousand plays this year. I thought Adele
2: was last year. Okay, otherwise nope, I would have said was... that. To be fair, okay, everybody loves Adele. Everybody um, loves. It was well timed too. We'll we'll talk about that later this episode too. That was yeah.
0: Um, and some other some other big ones that were Bruno Mars. Ended up being uh, one of our biggest episodes. Yeah. And uh, considering that that was it, it's, it's passed a lot of other episodes this year. Um, Rolling Stones was big. Bruce Springsteen was big. Uh, dire Straits. And um, and Le- I think Led Zeppelin was actually our number two. Wow. Oh, it was he- at the beginning of the year, so... I mean, yeah. I mean, that helps. I wouldn't say it's a big surprise that Zeppelin did well with our yeah. listeners. So um, it 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 is helpful. It kind of lets me know what what types y'all mm-hmm. are uh, y'all are wanting. The things that are going, ooh, I want I want to listen to this kind of episode. You know, stuff episodes like Carcass. I know are probably not going to be big ratings, listens <laughs> heavy, but. Those are just ones that's just it's it's do it, yeah. But I know that it's kind of like you you do your big sellout episodes so you can do the ones Mm -hmm. that you kind of have more personal passion for.
1: You gotta have the hit single so you can do the uh,
0: the concept album later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, So yeah, Um, so now let's let's get into some pondering and reflection. Ethan I'm gonna start with you mm-hmm. what was your favorite artist that you discovered through the podcast this year oh. that you were like that either you hadn't listened to before or that you like how how with our ranking system someone that maybe perhaps you were on like a t- it jumped up significantly afterward
2: I, w- I have two okay as I've even looking through this, because I I looked through this as I was about to come on, and I was just kind of reminiscing about the year. The two that keep standing out is uh, Bruce Springsteen and Johnny Cash. Oh, those were probably the two <laughs> where I went in, and they were kind of already at a at a at a disadvantage, and then it just gelled really well. The Especially, I think the Johnny Cash one, the um, oh the the Hurt one. Oh yeah, where we watched the music video, I was just like, "Dang, that's like really powerful." Because I, again, with Johnny Cash, it's like, "Oh, the Ring of Fire guy, <laughs> the Ring of Fire guy." <laughs> you know, yeah. And same with uh, same with Bruce Springsteen, which was like, "Oh, that's the," you know that's the born in the usa guy in the usa guy yeah and I don't really like either of those songs very much <laughs> probably because they're overplayed but then you get more into them as a person and kind of how they shape music and you find out that they're actually really freaking good they're not just sellouts so those two episodes were really 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 great I still listen to Bruce Springsteen and uh, Johnny Cash oh well that's
1: good that you listened to them on the good music podcast and you had a takeaway and you did further listening. Whoa. Um, it's almost like, that's, like that's the point sounds. of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, did, I didn't, I didn't mean to have that like be sarcastic, but I like said, wow. And then it sounded sarcastic. So I had to complete the statement. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, anyway
0: grant what was what was your favorite discovery of this year
1: i had a lot of great ones i think i think you know what my favorite one is but i'm just gonna let there be a little bit of suspense right Mm. i know
0: muse was a pretty
1: big one for you muse was a big one origin of symmetry i still listen to that one like front to back every once in a while and I'm just like man this is so good but like really like good. Ethan said the Bruce Springsteen episode was great I mean listening to Born to Run was awesome the Adele episode was awesome I listened to all of Masuga's discography
0: oh yeah so. I forgot Mashuga was, was an unknown for you coming into this yeah
1: yeah and then yes like getting into that whole early prog stuff that was my first dip into that and that's one of my favorite oh yeah in Genesis
0: for that matter
1: yes yeah and and the who was another one that like i listen to quadrophenia all the time now front to back and i would not have given them the time of day before the episode slipknot iowa right uh i listen to secret worlds now peter gabriel right Um
0: man this was a good view. this was
1: a great year and then of course journey was probably like the biggest jump turn around um because I went from, like, a, a two or a three to, like, a seven. And, yeah, or you whatever just, I said in the episode. You didn't just dislike them. You despised them. I despised them. And now, I mean, I mean, they're pretty good. They're pretty, <laughs> like, you can't, I don't know. Anyway, so. I can't,
0: I can't describe to you how proud I am of that. Yeah, and, and, and
1: putting it on, like, um, putting it on the ox when I'm with the boys, you know, and jamming out to some journey. It's like, I understand this now. I can appreciate this musically. And also it's really good. And I like singing along with this, but the, the favorite episode I did, maybe not at the time, but afterwards was definitely Genesis volume two by far, Uh, by a, that was your dream theater for this year by a huge margin. And the (laughs) Spotify stats don't lie. So my one two three four five is dream theater pantera rush ghost death bands that i'm like into you know number six is genesis right this is my most listened to bands of all time so in the span of a few months genesis has made it to the sixth position i think that given the amount of time i i could put them in the soon to be pillar range They have changed the way that I look at music so much in just a short amount of time. And I cannot stop obsessing over their early albums. And it's only a matter of time until I start obsessing over their later stuff. It's just, it's it's an infectious disease. (laughs) I can't get enough. I can't get enough Genesis, enough early Genesis. Like, man, Selling England by the Pound... oh yeah is just like so well produced and just so weird
0: Mm -hmm. like
1: i know what i like in your wardrobe that is such a weird song it's one o'clock and time for lunch dum-dum-dum-dum but i love that i can't explain it (laughs) i just anyway so yeah that is definitely that is definitely the number one i don't know if there's a genesis volume three in the future unfortunately
0: Oh, there will be. I don't know when. Oh yes. I can't I I don't I I don't know if it would be next year or not, but there's yeah, definitely not. There's so, still so much more. Yeah. So, it's...
1: so anyway, that is that's my uh that's my soapbox. Okay. I'm, and I'm, soapbox
0: now. I'm looking through all this and this is a hard question for me. Because to a certain extent, just about all of these artists I knew. I think I have to say that of all the ones where it was just like, it was kind of a bit of a an unknown, uh, Carcass was a great discovery. I mean, again, I knew them, but I knew very mm-hmm. I kind of, I knew more about them than I knew them themselves. Mm-hmm. I knew all the. I knew a lot of the history and the, and the significance, but I never really took the time to listen to the music. And um, that's definitely one that's just like, man, I'm gonna need to really listen to some I guess again. Yeah. Um, my favorite episode that we did, though. I mean, I think it's for me. It's hard to beat. The one with my dad and for him,
2: no, that's fun.
0: for for me on a on a personal, level, that was a that was a very touching one to, mm-hmm. and so that was uh, that's that one's a special play. I think that that's gonna be my favorite episode, but you know, there is also that's just you know even though that's recent that's right. I'm gonna have a great time anytime I
2: talk about Queen um yeah the for him one was was really fun because there's just so much like insider information almost where it's just yeah. knowing the process and everything I still show people whenever they talk about songs with key changes I always still think say that real thing is the best song with key changes that I've ever heard
0: ooh hmm
2: Days. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's so good.
0: And then I would say that as far as like biggest change, I mean, I'm I'm with you guys on Springsteen. Like I came into this, that episode hating Springsteen and, I, and then left loving him. So yeah. that was, that was the biggest, like, you know, paradigm shift episode, I would say. Mm-hmm. Now, um, and kind of hard question to ask, but do you all have a favorite song? coming out of this year
1: <laughs> well let me just pull up my stats for spotify real quick oh i should do I the have, same i have this problem um, so i'm in a streaming group because i am a artist and i like to cheat the system uh, i am in a group of other artists and we all just stream each other's songs so all of my top songs are like these other local artists And so it's going to take a while for me to get to one from a band from this year. Man, there's a lot of Pantera here. Oh, there it is. Found mine.
2: All right. Who's going to reveal their most listened to of the year? I'm just a scrub. I'm on Apple Music.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. I also have a a strange caveat with mine. And it's the fact that um, my son Harry also has access mm-hmm. to my Spotify and he has his own playlist <laughs> of all the stuff that he likes.
2: And he just plays it constantly.
0: <laughs> um, like, uh, Smoke on the Water was in my top five. And I was just like, I know that song a ton. I I, I, I knew that that was him. Wow. Um, <laughs> my, here was my top five. Number one, Water, Number four was Painkiller. Number three was Starship Trooper. Number two was Yellow. by Clo- And number one was Hell Patrol. Which I was really surprised to see that Hell Patrol was my number one. But then I remembered that Harry loved that song.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that okay,
0: of those five, Painkiller is probably the one that I listened to the most this year. Mm-hmm. So all of the other is completely hairy and um uh I know that he is the one that made Johnny Cash my number 1 artist of the year and <laughs> and Deep Purple the number 2 put Foo Fighters at number 5 <laughs> A lot of Foo Fighters
1: Hey well I mean got to start them young with the good stuff
2: Yeah um favorite song from the podcast
0: yeah so
1: i mean obviously we had pantera close to the end of the year last year yeah right even though it doesn't really count my number one you know if you were to take in the caveat that i had earlier my number one is suicide note part one because that was actually really fun to sing along to so i would just sing along to that over and over again and then destroy my vocal cords during (laughs) part two but if you're like you tell if, you're, I'm if you're a purist and you're like oh man that was technically 2020 it doesn't count then you'd have to go all the way down to Watcher of the Skies which is oh. surprising I expected I expected Supper's Ready to be on here but it's not even in the top 50
0: well, uh, I mean it is you, a 20 minute, 24 minute song so right. you probably just didn't have the I figured it would have waited it by time no, you know.
1: Okay, well, uh, no, it's going to be by number yeah. of plays. Uh, and you and I is really close. Oh well, really man, close what a good song! It's the, it's the most immediately close. Well, that bridge section is like it—it it takes you to another planet. You know?
0: Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. one of the most beautiful moments in music.
1: Yeah. And Everlong is in there as well. And then at that point, you get there's just too much Pantera and Dream Theater on this list. It
2: just drowns everything else out. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Anyway, there's that. Ethan? Man, even looking through here, I would say, oh man, I'm torn. I would say going in already, Versace on the floor is probably my favorite song that I actually listen to. Oh, still, I freaking love that album. Uh, gosh, but you you also already Daft- knew that coming in. Yes, so it's <laughs> also all the Daft Punk, The Alive in two thousand seven. I still listen to that record. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and then. I still listen to the Killers as well. It's probably "The River's Wild" is probably my. I, I think the one that I still listen to that, that I was not none of is the um, "River Deep, Mountain High." The I, I can Tina Turner. Oh, it's good. So yeah, it
0: is good. I uh, I watched the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony the other night, and oh, yeah. uh, and it was when Tina was getting as a solo artist. And uh they were they were showing like just you know, they, they kind of almost like prepare a little mini documentary. Yeah. For each artist and then and the song is just like, Oh, gosh dang, I forgot how good that song is.
2: Oh yeah. But the it's it's hard because what I remember from that episode I was like the music is so good, but I just remember it being just overshadowed by the story. Yeah. In a, yeah. I guess in a good and bad way. Like I mean, she's gone through a lot, but I, it's hard to think of River Deep Mountain High as a triumphant song because you know, you know. Well, but the, the remember, the thing with that was that, that yeah. was one of the, that was, that was her breakaway moment.
0: Yeah. So that was
2: actually without him. So I still get chills listening to it. I'm just like, holy crap. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like someone hit the unlock on her voice. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm-hmm yeah that was really good that was like a surprisingly uh, strong set considering the um, uh, broken clock is right twice a day Mm -hmm. Uh, that you know obviously Proud Mary was like the big one and so was uh, River Deep Mountain High was like the objective best or whatever but like the other four weren't bad and so
0: yeah um I think if I had to pick something that I was previously unknown to or I think I might have to go with Dire Straits Romeo and
2: Juliet oh it's so good
0: yeah because I had killers version until I did research for the killers episode and I remember thinking I was just like oh wow what a great song. I can't believe I've never heard this killer song before. I started researching Diary Station. I was just like, Oh, Oh, this makes more sense. Oh, this version's easier. <laughs> Um Yeah, that's a, that's a that's an incredibly moving song. Mm. You and me, baby. How about it?
1: <laughs> Man, you want to talk about a moving, uh, Moving song, Joel, the lump of coal.
0: oh that's that's a, that's for a whole different.
2: <laughs> that's for later. Yeah, no. that conversation. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I've got one more question to ask y'all, but we're gonna save it for our uh, for our final thoughts.
2: Ooh. So, well, you can ask
0: it now, and then we'll just be thinking. Yeah, about. you can you can kind of cut in the brain. How has your changed from the beginning of the year till now? What is Ooh, what is the that's is a great the, question. What's the overall thing that you've learned this year from this? and you, this can also tie oh, I should also talk a little bit about our uh, our history of music. Cuz that was that's yeah. another that's another big part of our year. So it's a whole quarter. Yeah, what was what was your favorite uh history episode?
2: Lorfeo. Ooh. That Easily.
0: was a fast answer.
2: I thought it was great.
1: That was a really it. fast. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to get back with you on that cuz I need to like where did we start?
0: We started season? with um
1: wow. Can't even remember cuz we just barely got it into the middle ages.
0: Yeah, yeah. I th- I think we started with uh I think we started off with like high middle ages Mm. ah yes 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 yes. i think with uh so much was it i can't remember if it was secular or or church music because we Mm -hmm. we did two episodes in the high middle Mm age
2: because
0: it was past gregorian Mm -hmm. chant because we did gregorian chant end of end of last year I think, I think it was religious music of the high middle ages. And then we ended with the end of I would have
1: to say, for me, it's either the Bach episode or Bach if you want to preserve your vocal cords. Bach. Bach. Um, Johann Sebastian himself. Or Handel's Messiah. That was a good one as well. Oh yeah, I
0: say, because
1: I actually went, I actually went down. and listened to the whole thing afterwards, and I was on I was and I might have already told this story on the podcast, but I was on a plane ride, and as soon as like the last song finished, I was like stepping off the plane. And I was like, ooh, that is such good timing. That's the, like the only thing I remember from the whole listening experience that wasn't music, because I mean, I was literally sitting on a plane. But it was still kind of cool that it timed out that way. But anyway, no, it was good to listen to the whole, like, two-and-a-half-hour thing and then get the context of all the songs. That was just a really, just a really neat experience. But the Bach episode was great to hear all of the, like, the little tools that he used musically. The whole fugue, um, like, method of writing was really interesting to kind of, like, pick apart in your head.
0: Yeah, Bach was was really good
1: kind and Fugue, listening to that a million times in preparation, that was fun.
2: <laughs> Ethan? Yeah. Yeah, Lorfeo. Yeah, Lorfeo. <laughs> uh,
0: nope. man. The, uh... Bach was really good. I really loved the Bach episode. Also, uh, the uh, both of the Mozart opera ones were really, really fun as well. Yeah, that is. Those were those were among the most hard work that I've ever done for episodes. That was that was so much to learn, but and I think if I had to pick between the two, I'd say Marriage of Figaro. That was that was just such a so knowledge info wise and music wise. Mm-hmm. That's that's still probably the best music we've listened to so far on the music history.
1: The the story aspect of both of those was so <laughs> intense. Like I remember we spent a solid forty or fifty minutes just explaining the plot of the of Figaro. Uh, Yeah, of both of them. Yeah. (laughs) Because Edomineo just like was so thick with plot. And then the ending was just like, he doesn't, he isn't queen or king anymore. He is happy. And yeah, it
0: it just, it very strangely just works out nicely.
1: Yeah. But like makes for good music, I guess.
0: (laughs) Sure does. Yeah, I, I would say it's probably between Figaro and Bach; Those those two, story-wise and music-wise, were just insane. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, uh, we'll see we'll, what about music has changed for us this year at the end. But next, our other topic for this episode, which is we're going to look at the year of 2021 in general. As as kind of a as kind of a a review of music I have to say this year was a lot better than last year
1: was it though I you're gonna so. you're gonna have to give some credence to that
0: I I found a lot more uh, that I loved this year than last year last year like the biggest thing was just that so many people didn't release things last year because everyone got stuck.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: There were so – a lot of the albums that came out this year were supposed to come out last year. (laughs) And they just – looking back, it's kind of rare, actually, how many artists were able to quickly get pandemic records out. Mm -hmm.
2: Um,
0: And really, the ones that we got were ones that were already kind of almost finished anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like this was the year that everyone really got their pandemic records released.
1: Uh, so the, the real the real head canon I don't know if I'm using that right stuff.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely so, not using that right. So many big records came out this year. Yeah. I mean, we well, got a new old play record, we got the new Adele record. We got a new Foo Fighters record we got a new dream theater record.
1: um depending on who you ask some
0: of those were pretty
1: pretty floppy.
0: Now but still like just in the in the sense of like we actually got things this year.
1: That is true, yeah. Cuz
0: we didn't really get much of anything last year.
1: No. We got we got canceled shows and uh yeah, <laughs> all that. It was,
0: it was a rough year. Not to say that this year wasn't rough, but it, right. finally we—I felt like we got some. We got some quality music. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, but yet still, we are still living in this this world where it, everything is not near one hundred percent. This was the year of the attempted comeback of touring. Mm-hmm. So many people said, "Okay, 21, twenty-one, we're back on." And then, like, they get five dates in. Then, uh-oh, someone in the crew has corona. We gotta shut the shut the door down. Right. That happened a lot this year.
1: Yeah, or you have a a medical. Issue, or yeah. You have, or you have something like like Astro World happen, where yeah. it's just I, like that was just that's I think that was just a a symptom of everybody wanting music to be back and now you have a whole bunch of people excited to see this is my personal take okay nobody come for me I think there's just a lot of people were excited to get live music back and and we and just the excitement clouded judgment perhaps and I think that that uh, in most cases that doesn't happen. But then you end up with stuff like Astral World happening and that makes live music look like it's it's dangerous or whatever or something. And, and that's not great for for music. Mm-hmm. It was just it's such a weird just a I don't think it was a comeback year.
0: Yeah, it's it's still not say. the it's still not the glorious return that we need. Mm-hmm. But it was a step in the right direction. I had to go to two concerts as That's opposed true. to Euro last year.
1: That's true. Yeah. yeah.
0: And Genesis both of them were great. And... System easy ZZ Top. Now, originally, oh, right. ZZ Top was supposed to be, uh, but that also got ripped away from me. But, you know. Not the, because of COVID. No, the guitarist's heart exploded. You know, no big deal. No big deal. But, he's he's doing. I mean, that's pretty bad. That's good. It's uh, they just they just finally announced the rescheduled dates, but uh, Oklahoma City is not in that set of rescheduling. Uh oh. I don't know if maybe they just were not able to get a date set if the, all the other nights are booked by other people. I don't know. But it's looking whatever. like I might it looks like I might have missed that one.
2: Dang.
1: Well, I guess I'm going to St. Louis sometime soon
0: or whatever. Yeah, probably.
2: <laughs> Maybe. But
0: hopefully hopefully they'll come back. Yeah, I bet they will.
1: But you cannot stop the painkiller. <laughs> uh
0: so, so yeah, it was it was a step in the right direction. I would say the biggest thing uh, we got a we got a pretty healthy, uh, uh, corded music.
1: Yeah. Which which we'll definitely talk more specifically in the next segment. Yeah. But yeah, we, and we, I, I can I I can sense we're like beating around the bush, not wanting to name names because we don't want to like. To start talking about the songs in the next segment but, yeah but
0: oh yeah I I you know I was I was trying to think I was just like freaking iron maidens uh yeah you've, you've got um uh oh who else who else came back he had a lot of like sh- sh- new metal bands for whatever reason all of a sudden making a huge I think we got we got a new corn album, got a new Limp Biscuit album. Which, yeah, somehow. Which I've never understood Limp Biscuit, but like I've seen everybody freaking out about, it. like, oh yeah, Biscuit's back, and I'm like, were people missing <laughs> the biscuit? <laughs> I.
1: It doesn't it's take the- much to come back if you're Limp Biscuit. I mean, all you do is just exist. And yeah, you've already like you've done much more than you mm. needed
0: to. Evanescence is back. Um, we got a new between a buried and me which is cut co- in its colors too. And it's oh, actually and you got
1: the you got the new Slipknot masks and stuff? Yep, new song Rock from now.
0: Liquid Tension Experiments back, the actual best oh, right. Dream Theater album of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I well, will fight any. Otherwise,
1: uh, I mean, you're you're missing John Miang.
0: Mm. You got you
1: you got Tony Levin.
0: Tony but, Levin. I mean, if you're gonna replace him with anyone, I I think in some ways I like Tony more. He's a little bit more imaginative.
1: I hmm. That's a that's a debate for a later time maybe
2: uh-huh maybe, maybe.
1: <laughs> we could we could have a, a base duel between Tony Levin and John Myung that would be fun to see I don't know how that would go I know it would be really cool <laughs> and that's so weird that like Tony Levin shaking his tree in the <laughs> Peter Gabriel episode and, uh-huh. then, and then he's dropping uh, Liquid Tension 3 with the guys from Dream Theater yeah, and then of course Dream Theater themselves did "View from the Top of the World," and and announced their tour, which was a big deal and very sad when I didn't see anything near Oklahoma was uh, on the list. But hey, good for them. Good for people yeah, in those other come cities coming to
0: Tulsa. So we're oh, that we got true. that to look forward to. That is true. <laughs> it's a very good it's gonna be round uh, three for me.
1: Three three guitar player Iron Maiden, so we really get to see the. Uh, the full range.
0: Yeah. baby.
1: That would be really fun. So yeah, yeah, I,
0: I would say it's a, it's a tentative, but, but step forward from where we were last year. Yeah, for sure. Um, and for, well, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. So I think that at this, go ahead and uh take a break here and when we come back we're actually going to talk about some really cool songs that did come out this year so uh stay tuned everyone we're back with six songs from 2021
1: welcome back everyone to the good music podcast we just talked about our 2021 year in review and the somewhat somewhat quote unquote but a good step in the direction comeback for the music industry and now it's time to talk about some of the songs that have been released this year and a little bit about the bands we're not going to spend too much time here just enough to whet the appetite so to speak and uh for normal episodes we'll pick six songs for a particular artist to kind of highlight um, their different aspects or whatever and kind of get you into them. We have six different artists to talk about, so we're not going to be telling a story about an artist, but there is a great musical story to be listened to, and it'll have a nice um, ending when you get to the end, so we highly recommend that you do listen to these songs in the order that they're given, down to the description, link to the Spotify playlist. You all know the story. I'm not going to repeat it. Let's get into it with... Greta Van Fleet, Heat Above.
0: Yeah. So last time that uh, Greta was on this show was uh, as it, back when we still did bonus songs.
2: Oh and yeah, we,
0: we did them for a a bonus song for Led Zeppelin. Because I mean, of course we did.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's that's so weird to think about because I did not get any Led Zeppelin vibes from this song.
0: No, I... they've they have they have evolved.
1: This sounds so, like it starts off like Carpet Crawlers and it sounds like early Yes but like palatable for the average person. It's instead so of, weird.
0: Instead of sounding specifically like Led Zeppelin, it just sounds like something great from the 70s in general.
1: Yeah, that's a good way cuz yeah. cuz you could kind of put it with a lot of bands. But man, his voice, stratospheric. Oh yeah. This was, this would be fun to sing along to if I could hit the notes. I can hit the notes, but I can't like make make sound it good. sound good. <laughs> make it sound natural. <laughs> no, 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 I get I get the uh, chipmunk effect when I go that
2: high.
0: Yeah, Ethan, are you familiar with Greta Van Fleet at all? Is this I've only heard big?
2: Grant talk about them. Okay, this is really the first time that I had listened to Greta Van Fleet, it sounds awesome. Yeah, so
0: this is their this is their long awaited follow up to um, uh, I believe that first anth- uh, album was called Anthem of the Peaceful Army or something How like that. How long away? Uh I think that I think it came out in like 2018.
2: Oh wow. Cuz this sounds really great. Yeah, like I
0: I think the reason why everyone was anticipating this so much is because while people liked the first album, the biggest Criticism it had is, you know, it's just it's just an, a, a Led Zeppelin copy, and I think a lot of people were really curious to see if they were going to do something different, or just if it was going to be another Zeppelin clone. They, like, gonna of this is yeah, I think like two are a Yeah, record. Yeah, because this this record is a overall is a great step forward. I feel like that this is they kind of now have settled into what their sound is.
2: That's a quick settling. Yeah. Mm. And
0: I, but really they needed to, because if they had made another just Zeppelin clone record, I think that they would have been dismissed pretty out of hand mm-hmm. because up until this record was going on, people were the critic, the skepticism and the criticism was growing. Hmm. And so I remember thinking, I was just like, I really want to know what they're going to do next. Because they really need to do something that's going to mark them as a band that is going to stick around and and have longevity. And I think that they did it. Wow. Especially, man, this, this freaking song is so good. Yeah, it is.
1: It sits in the same groove the whole time, but it just,
0: it's such a good vibe. Yeah, it has it has such great atmosphere to it. Yeah, all the organ amazing. and the and the oh. big, the big sound to it. All of the, yeah. the mixing really is done well on this.
1: This this whole set, I think this is something true about this whole set. Is it's not like as as great as these choruses and verses are. It's the little added parts that are thrown in that like put all of these songs to the next level. Yeah like if that's the through line here because some of the pre like this pre-chorus slash bridge slash turnaround thing whatever that is uh-huh that is like so good with like the lydian suspended sharp four or whatever it is man that's a that's a music theory thing that just translates to something that's very very i don't want to say poppy Rick, 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 would have been
0: proud of that. Yeah, yeah, he would have. <laughs> he would have.
1: It's a great way of putting that. Uh,
0: yeah, Ethan,
2: guys,
0: you got the other. Good. You got any other thoughts? Especially because you're as not as much of like a like a seventies classic. It uh,
2: Just sounds good. It's it's it's. This will probably tie into the question that you were asking at the very end, it's just like, it just sounds good. <laughs> it's just, there's it not a lot to talk about. It's, it's it just, man, like yeah, the way that it's mixed, I'm just really impressed because the guitars sound so good. Mm. And
0: just,
2: yeah. it's like, with everything.
0: if this is the, these guys are being heralded as the future of rock and roll. And I would say with, if this is what the future sounds like then i think that we're in for potentially a great revival
1: man of rock and roll music agree.
0: so this I this agree. has been nominated for
2: best rock grammy this year and i th- i don't think i've heard any rock music s- sound better than this this past year yeah it's this I'm really trying bring us into the next uh, thing to talk about, but
0: (laughs) yeah, I I think that I think this is going to win, but our next song in the category is going to give some uh, some good competition.
1: Ooh,
0: I remember this next song is always is also uh is also been nominated for best rock song.
1: I remember you uh, being rather skeptical of this particular album. The medicine at midnight. I remember that by Fighters.
2: Yeah, it, we had an episode on this, didn't we?
0: Well, we uh, we talked about one of the songs was in the bottom six. Shame, shame. Yeah,
2: and
1: wasn't it like the was it the lead single or something?
0: Yeah, this is yeah, actually so... the fourth single release. But I remembered though when I listened to that album in preparation for uh, for the Foo Fighters episode, I heard this song this is the first song on the album i heard that i was just like holy crap this song is great like this song i think made it into the top 20 of my foo fighters ranked
2: list you can definitely tell the difference in approach from this album to the greta uh greta Van Fleet. Mm-hmm. yeah so but so we we haven't said it yet
0: but this song is making a fire by foo fighters and uh yeah this this song this song just freaking rips It's, it's, it's kind of jarring at first hearing like a dance song by Foo Fighters, Mm -hmm. but I mean, gosh, it, it shouldn't work, but it does. like hearing the na-na-na's and it's just like, I'm like, wait a minute. This is, this is Foo Fighters.
2: I would have never
0: guessed that this would have been on one of their records, but.
2: It kind of has a, uh, a, um, kind of a. A country bum kind of feel to it as
1: well.
2: <laughs> I think I think you're right. The the na na na's and stuff. No, I I, I how the I chorus it's... kind of hits. There's kind of a country in it. There's a country uh, approach to it, in my opinion. See, see,
0: I felt kind of almost like 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 70s almost disco esque.
1: I did. See, I was expecting that because it was like the lead-up was they're going to call themselves the DGs and it's going to be like a disco-y album. I didn't get a lot of disco from this. Like, I cannot see myself doing the disco point dance to this song.
2: There's some little synthy stuff going on in there. Yeah,
0: Yeah. they... They did say that their biggest inspiration for the album was David Bowie's Let's Dance. There's a tie and (laughs) Yeah, that, that ties into our last episode. Um... So they, they said that that was kind of like their, their guiding principle is we want to have our own let's dance. And so they, the, whole, the whole desire of the album was to have something that was fun, something you can dance to, something that was, that was high energy, and just the biggest thing being that it was different. I'm, I'm warming up to the album more. I still don't think it's going to be one of their all-time best. And I still think that Shame, Shame is a terrible song. But <laughs> some of the other songs I'm starting to understand more. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm starting to like them more. But, I mean, Making a Fire is just, it stands head and shoulders above all the other songs on that record. It's just, mm-hmm. it is it is a dynamite
2: song. It's, it's would got be... so many hooks. I would be surprised it does have a lot of hooks I think that that's that is what it has going for it like just Foo Fighters are great at writing hooks I still feel like there's a there's something there's a wow factor to the Greta Van Fleet song yeah there's something to it where you know if we all got together to watch the Grammys and we we were like betting money on who would win you know <laughs> yeah I would lose money if Foo Fighters won
0: yeah, I'd I'd say uh I think that uh I think that Greta's going to win mainly because they're the they're the newcomers. They uh they've kind of got a bit more to prove. They're on the rise and, and Foo Fighters have won tons of rock grammys already. Yeah. I think that they need they needed to have written an all-time great song in order to say that it's uh that it's a Grammy winner, but I mean, it's also really good.
2: That's yeah, really good. So who I would knows? be surprised if that, if the Foo Fighters album didn't get nominated for best rock album.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I don't remember looking at, uh, looking at the, the albums. I just, I just concentrated on the songs.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but I do, I did know, I did see that these two songs were going to be battling it out. And I think, I think it's going to be one of those two. I'll be surprised if any of the other nominees win. Those are the two I saw, and it's just like, okay, I think those are our strong songs. If if the Academy uh, correctly, which we've known that that's not a guarantee.
1: <laughs> votes correctly. So uh, votes with your opinion is what I'm hearing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so we'll 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 see what they do. They've made some, gosh, they've made some really idiotic decisions before.
1: Mm. Yeah. No, we've talked a lot about those types of things, making <laughs> bad decisions, especially about Soundgarden, many times. <laughs> but
0: uh, yeah, man, I'm look. He- I'm looking at the other nominations and just. I don't. I don't think that uh, any of the others are gonna are gonna be able to compete. So we talked
1: about the heat above by Greta Van Fleet being very seventies and kind of mid tempo back to roots rock. The making a fire being kind of this disco, let's dance, David Bowie rock. Now let's get to some heavier heavier stuff right
0: yeah an artist another big name about yeah artists we've never talked about before but i'm gonna go ahead and uh make a big announcement coming 2022 is gonna be a mastodon episode
1: Ooh, i am when so...
0: when it's gonna happen i haven't completely decided yet um but it's i've decided for sure it is gonna happen and this is gonna kind of be our prelude to introducing us to mastodon so this is off the new record uh, uh hush and grim or hushed and grim and so grant you you've got some experience with mastodon
1: i have a little bit i would say like if i was gonna rank myself i'd say like a six or seven right but i'm not gonna get too much into that um i only really listened to some of their like, one of their albums particularly, and I had no idea they released new stuff. Like, I'm not that much into them. Okay. They just released something new. So if we um, were
0: to do an episode on them, it would definitely be an expansion for you.
1: It would be, yeah, it would 100% be an expansion. Like, there's so many facts, as well as so many songs that I just don't know. I'm not in the loop. But I can tell you for sure that this is, like, if this is what the rest of their discography sounds like, which I imagine it wouldn't because they seem like they'd change their sound a lot. But if it's of this quality, that's going to be a great episode because this, this, this song continues that, that through line in this, uh, in this whole set where that pre-chorus just sends this song over the top. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. That iconic Macedon guitar sound. That's just dissonant and super driven but somehow very atmospheric and expansive i don't know how they pull that off very slow doom metal well not it's, this time
0: they're 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 technically categorized as sludge
2: sludge what is that
0: sludge it's it's all about the the tone and the sound of it as well as typically sludge bands are going to play a little looser they're not going to be tight and mechanistic you could definitely say that about mastodon yeah they definitely they kind of follow the who uh structure of playing music to where it sounds like it could fall apart at any given moment yet
2: somehow it stays together uh ethan do you you know anything about mastodon no i guess i had always assumed that they were a lot heavier than this okay so you had heard of them i guess Yeah.
0: yeah um they had a they had a song on guitar hero metallica. Um, Which one? Uh blood oh. and
2: thunder? I don't remember.
0: I I just remember you played that game a lot. That was like your I favorite did. One. I did play
2: that game a lot. It
0: was one of the one of the bonus or side songs yeah. that
2: wasn't by metallica. But so I just always assumed that Mastodon was like a way heavier band. Well, they are. At least their I would the first half of their
0: career is super heavy like screaming vocals very dissonant guitars just like it it's it's very chaotic sounding and kind of as they've grown older they've they've simplified and mainstreamed their sound a lot yeah like i would say i would say specifically the last 10 years their last oh i guess this would be four albums now their last four albums have had a much more approachability to it um pretty much hardly any screened vocals at all very melodic kind of cutting down on the on the the dissonance and concentrating more on just like having great guitar riffs and great melodies Mm mm-hmm and I mean that yeah. stuff was always present in the early stuff. It was just it was a bit more of a a texture something to add to, rather than being the core of the song or the core of the music.
1: Hmm. Yeah. This this is a so the drummers singing here. They all yeah. have different voices, right? Well, yeah. I think I think three of them sing. Their bassist has a really intense like scream sometimes. Yeah, uh, he's uh so that's kind of where that heaviness is.
0: Yeah, and then um Brent Hines has one of the most insane sounding voices ever.
1: He he sounds more like Ozzy than Ozzy.
0: I've heard he that, sa- Well well what he does is he sounds like Zach Wilde. I would say he yeah. sounds more like Zach Wild than Ozzy, which I mean, Zach sounds like Ozzy as well.
1: I mean, you're <laughs> We're just splitting hairs at this point, you know. I
0: mean, but it, yeah, it's it's that intonation of 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 almost having like this really insane southern draw, which I mean makes sense because they're from Georgia. Right. 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 Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's. Uh it's it's unique you can definitely say that anytime that he sings you know that it's him but brand brand the drummer he's the the most normal sounding of the vocalists Mm -hmm. because yeah troy kind of has a bit more of a bark and a and a snarl to his voice Mm -hmm. Um, like if if you know blood and thunder that's the that's that's what he sings lead on he was the main lead vocalist for the first couple records with Brent sometimes accenting and coming in. And then as they've gotten more melodic, Brian has started to sing more and more, almost to the fact that he's starting to become the lead vocalist. I'm which okay I think, with that. Which, I, which is also contributing to the fact that his drum parts are getting less and less insane because he has to be able to sing while playing it.
1: I've always unofficially been a fan of his vocal lines more, but if I had to be honest, I would say that they hold a lot more weight when you put the other two there as well. Yeah. it's
0: I like that interplay. Yeah. It's, it makes it to where you kind of don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, this, uh, so this record is, is a continuation of the sound that they have been in for the last 10 years. Like I was saying, um, just it's it's heavy but it's still melodic and it's you can you can tell that there's a lot more emotion now in the music than there was before. Where before it was kind of more of just like, Oh my god, this is insane. Go kill the white whale.
1: <laughs> or oh my goodness, I astral projected around the sun and now I'm trapped in the astral realm. Hey, what's up, Rasputin? You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I, I kid you not that is one of their concept albums. Oh I, yeah, they're no, they're I known for their con-
0: <laughs> even even in their more um commercialized ventures they've have not stopped doing concept albums and they're all mm-hmm. weird as hell. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's so cool it's what's it's what makes it fun you're just like yeah. like if you you look at the lyrics and even when you know the story you don't know what's happening mm-hmm. it's almost like they're just it's like the story in of itself is a troll like trying to get people to go oh there's a story we got to figure it out what's happening and they're just like laughing going are this is all just nonsense.
1: It's just meaningless.
0: Especially, um, crack the sky. You listen, you try and figure out crack the sky, and you're there. <laughs> you have no idea what's happening.
1: Oh, but but
0: it's still just it's someone. Still someone asked him, Troy Sanders, one time. They were like, they they described the plot to crack the sky, and he just said, sure, well, as if he was just like, I don't know. We made that up as we went. <laughs> and so someone's someone's deep, thoughtful, analytic uh, dissection of that story. He was just like, yeah, I mean, sure, I guess, maybe."
1: <laughs> I mean, like someone's I, life work, but but at the same time, you can kind of pull something out of it. You can kind of make a story out of it. Which well, I mean, adds you can, you can
0: make a story out of anything, really. Yeah, well, yeah but it's still great. That doesn't take away from the fact that it's great music. So, um, hopefully this song, by the way, also we got a bass solo, which we don't get too many bass solos on this show. Oh yeah. Um, so we got bass solo. We got, it's, we just, we just got all around great performances, and this is going to be a our our great prelude to a mastodon episode later this year. When it's going to happen, I don't know, but now that I've said it, I've boxed myself into it because I've <laughs> I've kept meaning to do one, and I've just never gotten around to it. So now that I've said it out loud, it's kind of like I'm I'm obligated now to do it because I said I would.
1: We're either going to do it January and February, or like the last week of December when you realize that you forgot
0: oh crap we didn't do our mastodon episode (laughs) quick
1: (laughs) yeah um so we've been in a we've been in a rock mood
0: yeah and and and, um this this song a tear drinker which oh we didn't even ever say the name of the song gosh dang this (laughs) song was called this song was called tear drinker by the way um it, it does kind of give us a bit of a resolution to our rock and roll feel that we've been in. Mm. And now we're going to move on to the most streamed song of the year.
1: Yeah. Wow. This, uh, I, I honestly thought I was going to go my entire life without listening to this and no, I, after, I gotcha. after, listening to it, after listening to it, I don't see why I would have made that statement.
0: So Ethan what song is this?
2: This is Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo.
0: Yes, I would say the winner of 2021 by a long shot.
2: Yeah, she came from nowhere. She
0: she she literally came from nowhere. I mean, as far as music is concerned. She uh she is another Disney uh child star that has all of a sudden emerged onto the pop charts, but um, compared to everyone else, like Miley and Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez, uh... other
2: than Ariana Grande. Wait, this is her only album. This is this is her first release. "Driver's License" was her first single, and it got super popular on TikTok. Yeah,
0: it's God bless TikTok, I guess. Um, but this came out like the first week of January, so. I mean this really came in like hot on the year still when there was kind of a COVID wasteland in the music world and I mean this, this lit up the charts like nothing ever had before it broke the record for most strings for a song in one day it was the um, it had the biggest first week of a song of all time uh, she became the youngest person to ever debut on the to number one on the charts, and this song and her first album were the most streamed of the year.
1: That can be a a rock artist, guys.
0: Well, here's the thing: you listen to the rest of that record, it's kind of rock and roll. Really yeah yeah in a weird I was kind of way
1: you
0: know yeah not in a traditional way but like guitar there's guitars there's drums not on every song but like i would say a good like third to almost half of the album is is instrument based wow like uh good for you is kind of like a modern pop punk anthem
1: oh yeah i've heard that one that one in your head. Yeah. And this, this one so, does too for sure. I mean, but it's much more it's much more um, vocal based.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Like when we talked yeah, just, uh, when we talked about Casey Musgraves and how everything was stripped down so you could really hear the character of the voice.
0: Mm-hmm. This is
1: like a this mm-hmm. is a master class in that technique. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She's she's freaking eighteen years old. Man. And I mean, what a what an incredible vocal performance! Yeah. So
2: this yeah, was—he's actually good live.
0: Yeah, uh, this was my wife's most listened to song of the year. <laughs> so I heard the song a lot this year because <laughs> of her. And the first time I heard it, I was just like, "Huh, okay." Because because her sister had sent her the song, it was just like you would really like this. And I yeah. heard it, and I was just like, "Who the heck is this? This is this is pretty good, but it's also like I I feel like I haven't ever really heard anything that sounds like this."
1: That's a good thing.
0: And then the more she played it, the more I was like, "You know, this is really good."
2: Yeah, and you know, it's I, a well-written I, song.
0: I kind of had to fight against my my prejudices of being a, a rock metal guy just going Ugh, pop ballad by a girl you know that's that's sissy for me to listen to and I, I have to keep fighting that and just going no I can I can like this
2: it's okay for me to the like pre-chorus is great into the yeah. drop that's like the whole thing Mm-hmm. that's why people like it oh yeah uh, it's the it's the pre-chorus I mean I, I, like would, like I would call that
0: I would call that the chorus I, Are we talking I, about the, the "I know we weren't perfect" part?
2: Uh, yeah. It just feels like a pre-chorus, I guess.
0: I I don't know. I but I thought of that as the chorus, and then and then the next part, the the headlight stop signs part is the bridge. That is that is like,
1: ooh. I don't want to. I don't want to compare it to the "And You and I" bridge, but if I had to. I could I could make that comparison because it like it also kind of takes you somewhere musically that you're just mm-hmm. like ooh and all the voices come in. Yeah. Man. It just
0: it just makes all the right decisions. Yeah. Yeah, and in a weird way like I am
1: not the type of person who likes language in music. I tend to put up with it. But some bands and some artists just do it right, and I feel
2: like this is this is an instance of that. Yeah, where it's like it just it it feels it, super intentional. It, it doesn't feel like it's just a lyric it, to show it, something. And it adds so much yeah. like weight.
1: Like yeah. the the line would not have been the same if she hadn't.
0: It also makes it believable that this is written by a teenager because she wrote yeah. this song.
1: Yeah. That's true too.
0: I mean, and the, the thing, imagery is really good. Yeah, and all the little details yeah. about you have the you have the 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 open door signal, and you every time it goes to the chorus, you have like this engine sound. Like, there's there's so many details of the music and the production adding to yeah. the lyrical content. Yeah. So
2: great.
0: great. Yeah. Time. She's gonna, she's gonna win all the Grammys this year. (laughs)
2: This was, this was her or or Taylor Swift.
0: Uh, See, like Taylor at
1: this point is like a titan in the music industry. You know, like she, she's in the position of Foo Fighters where she has to like completely.
2: Billie Eilish also released a little something this year. White the floor. floor, yeah. I just
0: I think with how explosive and huge yeah. she was I think that that you can't deny that she is the new star. She yeah. no one won in any genre as big as she did this year. It's true. So her as a as Palpatine once said, we will watch your career with great interest.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to our next career of great interest.
0: Yeah. Ooh, so yeah. We, we had the uh we had the the newcomer, but then we also had the return of one of the Titans of modern music, and that's Miss Adele. Yeah. So, so we did an episode on her earlier this year. So y'all yeah. should go check that out. Um but yeah, this was a this was a long awaited. This was this was a five year wait for new music. Mm-hmm. And for her sorry what was that her fourth yeah like, so she's released. gosh, she only has four albums out yeah four albums over 11 years man it's very easy to do that math because she names all of her albums yeah. after her age <laughs> yeah <laughs> which it's also it also weirds me out that she's only a year older than me yeah, that kind weird. of that kind of disturbs me because I was like what What have I done with my life <laughs> Uh, so a lot happened though in those five years um the biggest thing being that she got a divorce yeah and and 30 is i mean adele was always the best at at sad breakup songs yeah but now that there's a divorce it was kind of everyone was kind of really waiting to see what that was going to be like and and much like with our casey musgraves episode it's it it shows it in a very unique way because it's not just a i got divorced album but it's all framed through the context of her son because Hmm. she had a she has a a five or six year old son with her ex-husband and she said that she even when she was going through the divorce like the reason, other reason why she didn't make a record for so long was because she just didn't have any inspiration to write. And she said that one day through the the divorce that her son like grabbed her face and uh, said, Mom, do you see me? And she said, Yes, I do. And he said, I can't see you. Kind of like saying that the divorce has literally taken all of her attention and all of her energy that he felt like he was being put on hold. And she said as soon as she heard that, she went to the piano and pretty much wrote that record.
2: <laughs> wow. Dang. Man. So so
0: when you listen to it, that, that record is brutal. It is raw. It is very honest. Um, and that is kind of the she's she's looking at how divorce doesn't just affect one person, but affects other people as well, particularly her son. Mm. And, and so, um, so our song from this new record, 30, is I Drink Wine, which I think is the best song on the album. It's good. It's really good.
2: The lyrics and, are freaking good.
0: Yeah. I mean, just you and just talk about a brutal, um, honest look at how something like this affects someone.
2: I think I talked about this before, but I think there's an important musical note of um, sad songs with happy, um, like sad sad songs in context and lyric of paired with like happy chord progressions they get you
0: yeah i mean i can't believe it took this long for her to do like a full out gospel
2: song yeah
0: i mean i mean rolling in the deep is gospel-esque
2: yeah it's but it's not
0: completely like this is this is pure like these are gospel chords this is a gospel chord progression
2: yeah this is soul this is this Mm -hmm. is Mm-hmm. It reminds
0: me a lot of Sting's uh, Let Let Your Soul Be Your Pilot. And I really like that's, that's the
2: too, the single.
0: Yeah, I almost uh, picked that one, and then I – because I was thinking about that because the album literally just came out like a couple weeks ago. And then I was like, well, I want to hear the album and see if there's anything else that hits me better. And then I heard that su- I Drink Wine. I was just like, okay, that's the one. That's the one I want to use.
2: Yeah, it's, I definitely feel like I Drink Wine is the, um, it's the anthem, the, it's the hidden, I mean, it's, I think everyone, for good reason, everyone goes to easy on me because it's the single and it's kind of the one, you know, it's, it's Mm -hmm. probably the most stereotypically Adele.
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's already a number one hit.
2: Yeah. And it's great. But the I Drink Wine is just like, there's a lot of substance. It's the center. it's, like it's the centerpiece. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's really good. it's really good and it's again, it just it I was worried that Adele wouldn't be good just because it had she took such a long absence. I don't know what I was worried about. But like and I, and I know that that also sounds dumb to think that just because she hasn't recorded in a while, she's not going to be good. But Coming into the album, I was just like, I don't know. Like, what is she going to even sound like? It's been so long. You know, you could almost say that the Adele uh, hysteria has died down. And then she literally just walked in and was just like, oh, I'm back. Here's my first single. Go straight to number one. My album has gone on to all the end of year, you know. Just about every list that I've looked at has put her album at number two and Olivia Rodrigo's at number one.
2: Wow. So. No, the, uh, the, little, the little vocal out at the end of the song is really sad, too. Yeah. I, mean, I, can't,
0: again,
2: I can't even tell what it's saying. She's pretty much just. It's almost like she's it, talking to a therapist. Yeah. About how. I mean, it's pretty much she's telling the therapist, like, during those five years, I never made any new memories with him, him being her son. It's like doing while the divorce was going on. Like she, she didn't <laughs> want to. She didn't want to subject him to that world. But in not subjecting him to it, she like cut him out of her life on accident. It's sad.
0: Yeah, like Oof. I mean, between her and Casey, like we got two divorce albums that were so <laughs> brutally honest in what really happens
2: in a divorce. But the thing is, is that like the like the divorce, as far as I know, and I could be totally misconstrued on this. guy I think I remember Adele saying that it's like, like, like he wasn't abusive or anything. No, like he wasn't even like a bad, you know. It was
0: just a. It was a. Some as as I feel like it's so common with people that are in these type of businesses. It's just. It almost becomes impossible for people to be in each other's lives in a way to where you can create something strong.
2: Yeah. Or mm-hmm. build a, an actual relationship past just mm-hmm. liking each other. Yeah.
0: But, you know, just I, th- I think that it's the fact that she had a son that was going through it. Yeah. And, you know, you also, when you're as big and as famous as, La- as Adele, you have to imagine that there were so many tiring conversations yeah. about money and who's going to get what how much is someone going to get you
2: yeah. know
0: all that's got to be the most draining part of it all and really probably where a lot of the fights come from is you know someone's expecting to get this much and the other person's not willing to let them have it you know it's a it's a it's a messy uh, it's a messy thing Yeah. So yeah, yeah. No. I mean, it's but it's a beautiful song, and yeah, and just again proof that it doesn't matter how long Adele's gone for; she'll always, she'll always come back and and say, "What now? I'm here. Look at me."
2: Mm-hmm. Well, one more on the list. One more, one on more. The list to, to, to transition the big boy. from
1: that. Very depressing, uh, instance of music. I don't even know what the mood here is supposed to be, but it sounds pretty, uh, sounds pretty power metal, which makes sense because it is Iron Maiden off of Senjutsu or Sunjutsu or however parts. you want to pronounce it.
0: Senjutsu? I, I'm senjutsu. pretty sure it's Senjutsu.
1: Senjutsu, the parchment. Yes. A half minute epic. Mm
0: hmm. Sure. Because, I mean, when one of your pillars releases a new album, you're not going to not That's put it true. on the... True. Unless it's just... Unless it's absolute dog crap.
2: Well... Um, Dream Theater, we're looking at you. I, whoa, whoa, it's not, whoa! It's
0: not dog crap, but it's, it's I definitely... Would
2: we're
1: passing I'd glances
2: s- at you, Dream Theater. You no, Dream
1: Theater. I'm passing glances at, at Sinjutsu, at Iron Maiden. I've not heard good words about this, barring Lucas... And I, I would like to hear a justification as to why this song is on the list.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So
1: that that was my nice yep. transition to you talking about song. I was, I <laughs> yeah, was, like, I was like, like, you God, really teed him up. I was, oh, oh, God, is, this, is this
2: a friendly tee up or a challenge? <laughs>
1: that, that, Are was, you that was that was a transition. A I, I wasn't gonna like duel. Okay, anyway. Sorry. <laughs>
0: so if you have not listened to a lot of post-2000s maiden then if you're if you're going to compare this to 80s maiden then i mean that's pretty much a futile gesture because they're just they're they're not the same band i i had a weird intro to maiden and the fact that my first two records of theirs were Number of the Beast and The Final Frontier, which is which is their album from 2010. And that, the reason why was because at the time I started to get into them, that was the new album. And so I was just like, oh, I'll just grab that. And then, oh, yeah, here's Number of the Beast. Mm-hmm. And those two albums could not be more different from each other, except for the fact that, like, at its core, it still sounds like Maiden. But Maiden has evolved so much from what they used to be. But I would say that Sinjitsu is an album that sits pretty comfortably with post 2000s maiden. And it is a bit more of a of an acquired listening because it's the songs are longer, it's not as much about the aggression and the punch to the gut, rather it's a bit more about epic storytelling and songwriting. Like, on on most post-2000 Iron Maiden albums, like, all the songs are going to be, like, eight minutes or more. Half of the songs on each album are going to be, like, over ten minutes. Wow. They're usually always going to start with a a soft uh, intro, get big, and then go soft again at the end. It's just – it's it's familiar with what they have been doing. And so when I listen to Sinjutsu – I was initially a bit disappointed by it, mainly just because Book of Souls kind of broke away from that a little bit. It, it went in some daring new directions, and I was hoping that they would continue that with Sinjutsu, and they didn't. But the more I'm listening to it, the more I'm liking it, and the more I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to listen to this album a lot. It is a, it is a great yet stereotypical late career album by Maiden, but that's also saying that their late albums are better than most other metal bands' late albums. They still have a incredible sense of songwriting, a great playing. Bruce Dickinson's voice is still ridiculously powerful. I, I Even after having throat cancer, he can still sing better than every other metal singer of his age, except for maybe Rob Halford. Yes, well, no, I... <laughs> well no because he gosh dang he still has the range to sing everything and from the 80s without having to key down
1: i don't know i would say if you compare them in the studio halford wins but if you compare them live it's not a question that bruce dickinson wins yeah so because he has he has so much stamina
0: yeah it's ridiculous Alfred has
1: to has to like bend over and scream into the mic and
0: try to hit the note yeah and everything's also keyed down right like poor guy like he i don't want to say he screwed himself over by writing
1: such intense vocal melodies well i mean also i don't think he had
0: any idea he'd still be singing these songs (laughs) when he's 70
1: oh that is also very very true
0: uh, I mean, I don't think anyone would have predicted that no, no not that he wouldn't have been alive, but just like the idea of metal bands still performing that late in their lives is that was that did not exist back then yeah but yeah so uh so Sinjitsu overall is is satisfying to me as a as a maiden fan because it is it it sits well with. All of their other stuff, and I do like it. It is you have to get in a different mindset than if you're listening. You're not going to. They're not going to write songs like The Trooper anymore. They're not going to write songs like Aces High and and Run to the Hills. Even their epics, like you're not going to get something again like Hallowed Be Thy Name or Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner or Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. They've just changed as a band. I think if they still wrote songs like that, it wouldn't be interesting anymore. So. Ever since Bruce came back in two thousand, it's they've they've evolved. And you know, I'm I like it. I'm a fan of it. It's a bit more prog. They've almost kind of become like a prog band at this point. Um
2: they're That's definitely a, I'm getting those vibes. They're <laughs> definitely
0: not a uh a noabum sounding band anymore.
2: Oh for sure.
0: They've they've evolved into something that literally only sounds like them.
1: Oh, that was always the case.
0: Yeah, but they've 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 evolved again. Like they've they've changed and they still sound exactly just like them. Yeah. So much so to where you're just like, what do you even categorize this as? This this kind of music does not easily fit into any sub-genre of metal. It's just Iron Maiden. Mm. And, And so, with all that, The Parchment, I think is, it's my favorite song off the album. And I think that it is another great addition to these huge epics that Maiden has started making in their late career. I think that it's got a lot of great riffs. It's got a great progression. Like, when you get to the end and it just kind of unleashes and really just goes all out, a powerful moment.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad you made the assertion that it doesn't have the same power as the rest of their career because it just it doesn't. And I, I think when you when you put that aside because I'm listening to it right now, right? And and putting that aside, I think I get it now.
0: Like yeah. Maybe, you...
1: maybe if I if I was getting the story out of it as well, I would I it I...
0: more I looked at the lyrics and it's, it's very vague. And because it's so new, there's people haven't like written analysis about it yet. Or, um, But Bruce did say it was his favorite off of the album. Mm. So there you go. And
1: man, what a good, like they are keeping the, the album art thing going with the <laughs> real, just it, incredible art. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not it's not a Maiden album without you know something incredible Eddie
0: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Book of Souls was great too yeah they've they've really come up with some great new variations of Eddie yeah but yeah this was their this was their first album and also in in six years oh my goodness but apparently they had finished this album like a year ago and they had been secretly sitting on it. And did you ever follow up with the whole like with the Belshazzar's Feast that they were teasing people with and what? um so the first single that was released was writing on the wall uh-huh. and there was an interview that uh that Bruce Dickinson did that just said Belshazzar's Feast on it and everyone was just like what the heck is that and he like wouldn't answer people he wouldn't talk about it and then just on through, like, a series of convoluted hints, people found, like, a an obscure web page that, if you followed, like, a couple of Twitter clues, led you to a link that just said, Belshazzar's Feast, and then a date saying you're invited. And the day that it came out was the day that they released the first single, Writing on the Wall.
1: <laughs> oh, so everyone thought that uh,
0: that was the album. Yeah, well, they were just like, it, ha- it must have something to do with a new album. Oh, right, okay. But, but at the same time, like, is it an album? Is it a song? Is it a tour? Is it a new project? Is Bruce Dickinson doing a, you know, is this a solo album? Like, people had no idea, and it was driving people crazy for quite a while. And it was a, it was a great uh, uh, marketing pull. That
1: I like i like marketing schemes like that because that's that's very reminiscent of uh, cloverfield yeah where it's just you you dig and dig and dig and i mean we talk about that all the time with songs doing that but i mean i guess you could do that outside of your music as an artist mm-hmm. it's Still, it's still art although this is the good music podcast not the good art podcast <laughs> but whatever
0: well, I think that um, I think that we're gonna have to do a uh, our volume three of Maiden is gonna have to be the post two thousand stuff Ooh. because I need to I need to build your appreciation for it. Okay, okay.
1: Because again,
0: it's it it is almost like listening to a different band. You can there's certain things of Maiden that'll never change. There's certain riffs that they're gonna write that sound like them. Obviously, to, they're always gonna sound like them because of Bruce and you're going to have the galloping and the but 100%. at the same time at the same time yeah there's certain melodies that just always sound like them but also it is a it is a fundamentally different sound and so i think that if you again if you listen to it comparing it to the 80s stuff you're just it's going to be a futile gesture
2: Ethan what did you think of this song it's just I'm I'm very not accustomed to Iron Maiden but it sounds good. I don't again I it's, it's the it's probably a lack of knowledge because I'm just like sounds like Iron Maiden to me I guess. <laughs> yeah. From what I've listened to for like The Trooper and all that stuff I'm just like mm-hmm. the guitars sound the same, you know. The guy's voice sounds the same. It's amazing
0: because he's in his he's like 63, 64. And yeah. and has had throat cancer.
2: Yeah, he's
1: he's got a he's got a little bit of the uh, the James Labrie uncontrollable vibrato, but I think it kind of works to his advantage because he always had that. Yeah, he's he's always
2: kind of like that. It's just automatic now.
1: Yeah, that that now it's just like it's just all over the place, and he was like, oh yeah. yeah, that that nice '80s Bruce Dickinson sound, you know, through a much better um, recording system now. So yeah. Was, all right. It was, yeah, it's good uh good songs in review of 2021.
0: Yeah, 2021. Be... Whoa. yeah. Now obviously there were there were more songs than this that were released, but we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about all of them. Right. Are you kidding me? Hmm. Uh this isn't I wouldn't even say that this is this is a accurate representation of everything that was made in 2021. I almost said a two. Uh <laughs> These were just six songs that I really liked from this year that I feel like do give at least a good variation of different sounds and styles from the year. I think that overall rock and metal uh, really came back hard. And we got some we got some really cool stuff and I'm still waiting for that new Megadeth record.
1: Yes. We, <laughs> I thought we
0: were going to get it this year but it seems like we're going to have to wait till next year.
1: Hey, but if you, wait, if you have to wait a little bit longer to get a sweeter prize, then I'll take it.
0: A lot of people thought they were waiting for a sweeter prize with Chinese Democracy, but okay. you know. Okay, Axl Rose
1: and Dave Mustaine can both be very diva at times, but as far as uh, <laughs> writing ability, I think those those are in two completely different camps.
0: Well, we know who we're not going to hear is David Ellefson.
1: Ooh, that is... That's that's a part of 2021 I don't want to relive. (laughs) That was one of the most embarrassing things that happened this year. That was one of the most sad things. Man, you know how much I looked up to him? Gosh. Yep. Looked. Oops. Oops. Anyway, Anyway.
0: uh, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to give our final thoughts about uh, the music from 2021 and – how we uh, feel about music in general about the podcast for this year so stay tuned we'll be right back
2: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody? It's Ethan. Welcome back to the Good Music Podcast. We just got done with our second segment, our 2021 wrap-up episode, putting the nice bow on top of a, uh, kind of a comeback year for music with all the COVID stuff. We had Heat Above by Greta Van Fleet Making a Fire by Foo Fighters and Teardrinker by Mastodon kind of for the front third, or uh, front three, first half. Then we had Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo, I Drink Wine by Adele, and then ending it off with the Iron Maiden epic from Sinjutsu, The Parchment. Now it's time for our, for our, I guess it's our last segment, but if you're not signed up on the patreon for the bad music podcast this is the end of the road for you this is the last segment but if you are signed up it's not the end of the road so go sign up
1: <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you're like you're holding
2: him at gunpoint like do it the, end of the road gosh dang it, it be so awesome we have this turn of a whole tournament planned out of horrible songs but it's time for the last segment of the night uh i guess we're just going to talk about how this podcast has kind of changed our view on music in general. It's a a huge meta concept. Usually we rank, um, we rank songs kind of for an artist and then we give a new ranking. But I think this time we should take it a little bit more meta with Lucas's question, which is, just how has your whole conceptual idea of listening to music changed? So, uh, Grant, we'll start with you. Um. So one of the things that we
1: talked about during the Casey Musgraves episode, as well as I think there's some other episodes, um, but I started to apply this across a lot of the music we listened to this year, was just sitting and letting it kind of envelop you and not trying to pick out things like that helped so much for our Phoenix episode. And I I regret that I learned this like late in this year. So I, I wasn't able to um like apply this for a lot of different artists. But instead of trying to pick apart the stuff like you'd listen to metal or like even that that 80s post prog stuff that we talk about a lot as well that instead if you sit and enjoy the music and not even try to like nod your head or anything just have it playing and just and just listen to the the vibe you know yeah you can, you can still get a whole lot out of stuff that wasn't meant to be picked apart and you know dissected and is still very good music like that's one of the biggest things and that will change probably the way I see a lot of different genres. I'll probably be able to palette modern pop if I am able to keep that skill, which is so weird for me to say out loud now that I said it, that I'll actually be able to listen to, to modern pop music because I'm such a I'm such a metal nerd. Um but like other than that, on the complete other side of things with the definitely dissect pick apart music. There was, a, there was a lot this year. And, I mean, definitely Genesis, right? Um, and I, I talked about how they had, had changed the way that I see music. They have definitely changed the way I write music. And looking at the different uh, returning motifs and things. And how every, every chorus of every song is a returning motif. And you can do something different with that. And some artists do that. And how the lyrics build a story. Um, and we talked about that a lot with our music history and how there's different returning motifs in like different operas and these different themes make different um, things make more sense um, and I know we're going to talk about that a little bit in the controversial album of our next artist um, but that that idea that you can pick apart things even more if you look through the context of music history and where also just from a microscopic level within the past 50 years music has come from and look at the roots of each band and look at the roots of a genre and things um, so it's just it kind of expanded outward I didn't really expand in a certain direction I, I, I kind of just expanded outwards and uh, from, from like a t- more trivial thing every artist I tried to this year listen to at least one album after um after talking about them sometimes i listen to their whole discography and that made this podcast so much more worthwhile there's so much music i found and so many artists that i just love now because of that experience and so i know i say that a lot at the end of every episode like oh hey you should listen to this album because I'm going to listen to it. Let's compare notes on next episode or Instagram or whatever. But it really has turned this podcast into something that has like changed my music palette. And I would encourage anybody who's still, um, who's still considering doing something like that after every episode, it really changes. It really changes your music tastes in a very good way. So that is, that is that. That's my, Final statement, thought, expression, whatever you want to call it, of the year. Boo-hoo. It's the end.
2: That's nice. Who's, who's next? That's, the last, a, that's a, the last thing. That's your last statement for the entire year. I'm just going to not
0: talk for the rest of the episode. <laughs> for non-patrons, it is. <laughs> for
2: non-patrons, it is. <laughs> Darn right. Um, I think for me, and Lucas kind of alluded this a little bit, bro- Earlier with the Olivia Rodrigo thing, where it's like, you know, uh, you have this kind of you build up this thing in your mind of like, I am, I'm a metalhead, or I'm like a jazz guy, or I'm an R&B soul, whatever. You know, I'm more pop. I only listen to this, and you kind of build up your own echo chamber of like, well, I'm, I'm a rocker guy. I'm a metalhead, so I don't like Olivia Rodrigo you know like I just don't without even listening to it and then you come in just with a preconceived notion of like like I like Stevie Wonder and Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack and like Jay-Z and like all these you know that and then you know Bruce Springsteen comes along and my first thought is like there's no freaking way like I am already predispositioned to not like it you know Uh, probably out of arrogance I would say and so I think the, the the thing about this podcast is, like, you really start to have to sit down. And, like, whatever it's, like, you have to sit down and listen to it, you know, to talk about it. And so you sit down and, you know, you don't want to be a Debbie Downer on the podcast, so you're looking for good things about it, you know? You're going to be like, ah, oh, I'm just going to look for all the bad things. But, like, once you actually start listening to it, and, and it's kind of like a muscle, where it's, like, you start listening to it and you i would say in comparison with the bad music podcast you start actually looking for um what actually makes a song good and outside of instrumentation you know like a rock song can be a good song and a soul song can like and i can tina turner can be a good song and, and they, they're good songs for similar reasons, even though they're from different sides of the genre, you know, of the spectrum of music, you know? And you start to get through lines on, like, vocal melody is an important thing, and arrangements are important things, and what were they trying to make me feel? That's what one thing Grant said, where it's just like, if you don't think about it, and you're just kind of just sitting there and just let it be like, what did, you know, like, what's the intention of what they're trying to make me think or feel? if they do that well, it's good. All the rest of it's just kind of icing on the cake if there's a good guitar solo or not, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think for me, it's just more expanded, like... Man, that's why Johnny Cash was so transformational, too, because I was like, oh, he's, like, country guy. Like, I don't like country, so I'm not going to like him, you know? And then you step back, and it's like... you. You know, you kind of break out of your own like genre echo chamber. It's just like, oh, I just like good music. There's music that's soul, music that's bad. There's music that's rock that's bad. There's music that's rap that's bad. There's country music that's bad, but there's also country music that's good. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think, kind of getting out of that like the arrogance factor of like, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a highbrow jazz, you know, whatever. You know? So if I liked this then like I'm devaluing my taste, you know. So this has kind of pushed me out of that. And I'm probably being a little bit over dramatic. I wasn't like a super staunchy person, but this has definitely helped like get you out of your musical comfort zone and actually start thinking about your opinions. All yeah. right. Man,
0: those are those are both so deep. I love it. Um, i'm really glad that that this podcast has has really for all three of us kind of not just been about music but i feel like all these things can be like applied to our, our other things in life as well mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: it's not just a it's not just applicable to listening to music but it's all about like opening yourself up to new experiences instead of getting trapped in the same thing that you've always done, that you've always listened to, because you know, this is this is just what you know. Let me tell you, no one was really as guilty of that as I was. You know, I was just like, if it's not metal, if it's not prog, I don't care about it. And I, over the last like five or six years, and then especially over these last two and a half years doing the podcast initially it was just going to be, I'm just going to talk about the stuff that I like. And then I was like, wait a minute though. What if this was an opportunity for me to discover new things? And there's going to be things that I always won't like Uh things that won't speak to me, but I do believe that I can increase my appreciation for things. And yeah, I, I honestly think that this is going to be a cop-out but like I what both of you guys said are both the two major things that I learned this year. I have such an analytical brain when it comes to music that I'm constantly searching for the tangible thing that I can hook on where instead the the right thing is to just 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 experience it. It doesn't have to be analyzed. It doesn't have to be understood. Just just enjoy it. And I was just like, okay. And once I started doing that, certain groups and songs and artists all of a sudden started to really pop for me in a way that they never had before. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I've just... I've felt that my musical horizons and my tastes have broadened significantly this year. I mean, this year, just look at the the types of artists we talked about. It's all stuff that is way out of our, or at least my normal comfort zone of talking to and listening to. I mean, we, I, I kind of took some risks this year, you know. Talking about Casey Musgraves and Johnny Cash and Bruno Mars. Uh, these are all artists that normally I'd have been like, I don't know if I'd want to do an episode on this. Even if I do like it, what, what will what will people? Oh, he's a he's a he loves death metal, but he also likes Adele. What? <laughs> he's he's that's weak. He's selling out. No, not necessarily. I think that you can like all of those
2: things. Mm-hmm. And, I feel like it, Oh, sorry. Go
0: ahead. Uh, the, I mean, I was
2: pretty much done. I was gonna say I, I've I've started like what you said applying music to other things. I feel like music is in this. If you look at music like a chef looks at food, you know, or it's just like mm-hmm. just because you're like a sushi chef doesn't mean that you only ever eat sushi or that you can only appreci- appreciate sushi. Yeah, it's so, true. And is a strawberry cake better than just a, a strawberry? You know, like just because it's simple, does that mean it's bad? It's like, no. Strawberries are delicious. Strawberry cake is delicious. You know, I make sushi, but I love hamburgers. You know? It's the food hamburgers.
0: the food analogies. We've missed them. Oh,
2: yeah. food an- Food is all <laughs> but for someone to say like i only like death metal it's just like man that's like so sad because there's other things that like you would like if you would just like like it <laughs> yeah <laughs> try to like it you would like it
0: yeah but also i i would be very sad if someone said they didn't like death metal i'd be like oh come on i bet we could figure out a way <laughs> we can find a way <laughs> So, uh, what was what was y'all's favorite song of this set?
1: Ooh, of oh, this that's set,
0: nice, the Adele one. Okay, so Ethan, yours is "I Drink Wine."
2: I have
1: I have to say it's "Heat Above," but if I had to pick a second, I man, man.
2: That's it. My second
1: favorite is the Greta Van Fleet. Younger me is like screaming. You know that uh, you know that Interstellar scene when it's like him from the future is like screaming at him to say no. It's like (laughs) this. The the past version of me is doing that right now. But I gotta say like a very close second is Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License. Like over the Mastodon song. I don't know. It's just that bridge was so good, dude. I just I just wow.
0: I can well see why it's the top
1: stream song of the year. I can see it.
0: Yeah. I totally man, that. Man, um Heat Above is just so good. It's so freaking good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I mean making a fire also is really good. And even driver's license is just it's gotta it's got a power to it. I think I gotta pick Heat Above though.
1: I, and, I like you how you're talking about branching out and then the two rock and metal guys pick the rock and metal song and the soul guy picks the soul. Well, at, the the <laughs> at the end of the day.
0: At the end of the day. But no, even the fact that we're considering these others is, yeah, is, a, is it's a pretty true. big thing. Well, it's yeah,
2: true. my second favorite is Incredible Van Fleet, which, which I would have never I would have even listened to them. I would have been like, ew, old. <laughs> old? They it's sound weird. old.
0: Do you know who else is their favorite song was was Heat Above was Harry Harry, my four year old son loved that song.
2: Harry doesn't miss. I mean, he he does does, not. He doesn't miss. Wow, I'm wrong about my favorite song. But he also (laughs) he also loved the parchment. Ooh.
0: I okay. think I think mainly he loved that picture, but he listened <laughs> to that song a lot as well. But he was just like, every time that he would play Heat Above You, he would go, Dad, this is just such a good song. He's a really good singer, isn't he? <laughs> and every time he would start, he would say, that kind of sounds like Fix You.
1: <laughs> Ooh. Like, okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, you know what my wife's favorite was because it was her most streamed song of the year. Yep. <laughs> so, so yeah, there is our episode. Thank you guys so much for following us this year. Even those of you that are our newer listeners, we thank you for the support that you've given us. Hopefully, you'll stick around for 2022. It's going to be an even bigger and better year. But... For those of you that want to keep the party going, on our Patreon page, we're going to be starting our Worst Song Tournament. We've got an NCAA bracket to figure out what the worst song that we heard this year was. So um, if you want to hear that, please click on the link in the description below. It'll take you to our Patreon page. Not only will you get to hear that, but also you'll get access to episodes a few days early, which that's always really cool. And uh, there's another link in the description that takes you to a Spotify playlist that has not just these songs, but all the songs from our previous episodes as well. Um, Please go listen to these songs. Uh, If you listen to this whole episode and you didn't hear these songs, that would be really weird and really sad. So make sure that you go do that. Check us out on Facebook. On Instagram, that's where you can get in contact with us. Let us know what you think of the podcast and what artists you want to hear next year. We're gonna continue uh, each month picking an artist that you guys want us to do as a way of saying thank you, as well as getting us suggestions that maybe we wouldn't immediately think of. And uh, make sure that you hit the subscribe button. We're not taking a break next week. We will have a brand new episode for the beginning of the year, and Grant is really, really excited about it. Yep. Ethan, I'm... thank you, thank you so much for for coming back for us for this final Thanks episode. For back.
2: It was a fun year.
0: Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna keep the party going with you, but uh, for everyone else, this is gonna be adieu until next time.
2: Till next time, people. So or you can just go pay the money and go hear <laughs> me the name on this purple.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: It really is gonna be fun. I, I have no idea what's gonna happen.
2: No. It's like a classic two v one vote system. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah right. thing goes. Yep. All right. Happy
0: New Year's, Merry Christmas to everyone. We'll see you guys next year. I'm Lucas. I'm Grant. I Keep on listening to good music.